0: Welcome everybody. Welcome to the True to Faith podcast. I'm your host, Cliff Stephen. Uh, Dave Barton couldn't join us today. He had to work. But uh, I'm so excited. You know, I'm welcome. I'm excited to welcome Josh Monday from the Josh and Jason Conspiracy Podcast. Welcome, Josh. How are you doing, brother?
1: I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. So our show is uh if you look it up, it's Josh Monday Christian and Conspiracy Podcast. If you hear me, I always introduce it as Josh and Jason Monday, Christian and Conspiracy Podcast. What happened is I started the show uh as Josh Monday Christian and Conspiracy Podcast, not knowing my brother was gonna be the co-host of every show. So uh, but I already had a following for my music, so I just I just left it so that people could just search it easier, you know? Yep. <laughs> so, so you're going to be doing your biblical Flat Earth. I'm excited.
0: I've heard a few times, so I'm excited for my uh, listeners to hear it because we have a lot of new of new people to the conspiracy world. And, the, you know, I'm trying to bring people to Jesus. That's my goal. Truth to faith. That's what happened to me. I started getting into the truth of stuff. And when I got to Flat Earth, I literally had a spiritual experience where I was in the presence of God. And uh, I just want to lead people to that because I think that, that is the truth. And mm-hmm. once you're there, you can't unsee it.
1: Yes, I agree. Um, and it's awesome, it You've been through a lot, you know. I could I could already tell just by the brief brief amount of time that I've talked to you. So uh, it's great when you have a testimony like you have, and and people know that you know, even though uh, they're struggling, you know, or they had a, a crazy life that you could, that that you could just come to God and and. Everything in your life will start, whatever was broken will start to be fixed. So it's it's definitely amazing, and that's the right way to do it, bro. Bring people Thank to God. You. That's and I yeah. like the name of your podcast too.
0: Well, I was I was going over it, I was trying to figure <laughs> it out, and literally I, I was going into work and I heard a little voice. I, I think it was God, and they just said it, true to faith. And I was like, That's it. I got it. Truth <laughs> that's- to faith.
1: Yeah, um, so my wife, what happened with my name of my podcast? I, I uh my wife was telling me you should do uh should be Christian and Conspiracy. And I was like, ah, I don't think that's gonna mix. And then finally after praying on it, you know, it, it happened. So maybe God just put that in her ear. And uh, you know, that's that's how the name of my podcast came up. So but yeah, so we'll get into it, man. And uh so you, you right now you you are you biblical flat earther, so you're biblical cosmologist already? Ah, uh, yes. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. So, no problem. Well, that's going to work out. So, uh, i, I, w- I just started with um, John 8, verse
0: 32, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free.
1: Amen to that. Yeah, and once you know the truth, it, like you said, you can't unsee it, and it gets really, it's really interesting. So, um, I always like to start out with uh, um, Romans 10, verses 17 through 18. So. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, right? So it says, so when faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God, but I say, have you not heard? Yes, verily there there went into all the earth and their words unto the ends of the world. So it says faith comes by hearing. So if we're uh, hearing the word of God, so if we're talking about these verses right now and everything we're going over and you're Christian and you're hearing these verses and you're not believing them, then uh, you got you got to understand that you know what kind of faith is being produced. You know, so when you hear the word of God, it, it produces faith. So we're gonna try to do that for you guys here, okay? Obviously, it's the devil's job to take away your faith, right? Because we're saved by grace through faith. Uh, you know, that's that's why what happens is I when I go over some of this stuff, it's hard because uh, the schooling system uh, is is trying to put a block wall between you. And, and Gen- in the book of Genesis, you know, when they go through all this scientific stuff I'm going to go through. OK, so another one is all scriptures inspired by God. So Second Timothy 3, 16 through 17, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So all scriptures inspired by God. So as I'm going through all these scriptures, know that there's, it's inspired by God. We know that Jesus is the way, the truth, the life, right? So if he's the truth, then the truth is important. So everything that we're going through as far as scripturally, we should take it as if it's coming from God's mouth or that, you know, or God inspired it, right? So um, we need to understand that stuff, all right? Um, another one is First Timothy 6, 20 verses, or 20 through 21. It says, listen, O Timothy, and this is Paul talking to Timothy, uh which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings and opposition of science, folk so, falsely so called, which some profession have errant concerning the faith grace be with thee, amen. Uh, so uh, that's basically saying there's going to be uh science that, that opposes our faith, you know, that, that, that's going to come up. And that's, that's been happening ever since, uh, you know, the beginning of, of, uh, of time, you know, I mean, just, just some people believe, certain thing about the sun, like the sun being a God, you know, or something like that, you know? So that's just one thing. But as they go through, I'm going to show you guys that, um, that there's a lot of false science, so-called theories that that have placed on us that we need to understand that are just theories. Cause when I was in school, they, they never taught it like that. They never said that evolution is a theory. They never said that uh, the big bang theory is just a theory. They never said that gravity is just a theory. They just taught it to us as if it's that's what it is, you know. So yeah. it makes it makes you as a a kid just be like, all right, cool, just put it in the in the part of your memory that that that's what it is, what it is, you know. And then when you get taught Genesis or start reading the Bible, you're like, wow, this is way different than what I've been taught. So, like I said, it, I think it's meant to put a block wall of faith, you know, because you're not going to have faith in Genesis. How are you going to have faith in Revelation, or I you not have faith in all the other books of the Bible. So. It's really well, interesting. That,
0: that's what happened to me. I got into ancient aliens and stuff. And um, that eventually, you know, mixed with space in the ever expanding space. It Eventually, I started doubting God. And I, I was away from God for a while. And then, like I said, I started going down the truth of rabbit holes and it led me back. But I know it's a trick because it tricked me, you know. Yes. It tricked yeah, me from it- a fail
1: it's tricking so many people, man. If you, if you look at people that are in college, the, the rate of people that are, uh, you know, falling away from the faith, you know, it's, it's, it's tremendous. There's some people that went to seminary school. They actually tried to become a pastor and then they went to get their doctorate and they, they went through all these classes they had to go through. And, and that actually separated them from being, you know, uh, for being a uh, uh, Christian, you know, or of the faith, they turn atheists because they're like, Oh, they get sucked into all the science that they teach and they feel like that is that is what it is and it separates you so that's a good point um so we also have uh so the bible it's it's been proven to stand the test of time right science it changes like underwear so we got to understand that and also another thing that's funny if you ask some people like does joe biden lie they would say yes does nancy pelosi lie they would say yes does the CIA lie? They would say yes. Does the FBI lie? Yes. The police lie? Sometimes yes. And does sheriffs lie? Yes. But if you ask them, does NASA lie? They would say no, right? Most of them. Well, now some people are actually waking up. But a lot of people, I'm talking about the ones that believe in all this stuff, they would say, no, NASA does not lie. So we got to understand that, you know, CIA have been known to lie throughout time. Government lies. Um, when it comes to money, people lie. And and NASA has like $60 million a day that they're getting uh you know, from our tax money. So that's 60 million reasons a day for them to just to keep the light going. And I'm not saying the people that are in the boardroom that, that are, that are not the boardroom, but the people that are in the room uh, doing a simulation of, of a moon landing, whatever they think they're doing are are the liars. I'm talking about the people that are at the top, the directors, the board of directors, the, the, the government uh, I believe they're lying and they're taking that money for black projects or probably funneling it somewhere else that they don't want us to know about. Right. So that's yep. just my opinion. Um, and then uh, also, uh, as as Christians, we need to filter uh, science through the Bible and not filter the Bible through science. You know, that's what I believe. So uh, we don't need to take what doesn't match up with science or with the world and try to just put it in an allegory, uh, you know, put that as an allegory or just poetry or something that is just, uh, you know, like that. You know, there's obviously some things in the Bible that are metaphors or similes. and And I understand that, but. We can't take like the book of Genesis and turn it into an allegory because it doesn't match up with what science tells us. we got to be careful with that, I believe. Um, I see that a lot. You know, a lot of uh, pastors just say like, well, the reason why it's like this is because this is the way God wanted to tell them because the Israelites believed this way. So that's the way God would tell them. I don't think so. I think God had a blank canvas. And I think when when we go over these scriptures in Genesis that God had a, a blank canvas, he could tell them whatever he wanted to tell them, you know um yep. and when jesus came back uh you know came to the earth god in the flesh i think that he would have probably told us that that's the wrong cosmology this is the way it really is you know because at the time you know that the hebrew israelites still believed in what i'm about to go over so um we got to understand that um and what i what i like to go over also is make sure that we're worshiping the creator not the created i know a lot of flat earthers out there they end up um getting so wrapped up in the flat earth that that's all they talk about is a flat earth. And they stick with that all, all the time. And, and they do say that there's a creator, but they don't talk about the Bible or Yahweh or, or Jesus, nothing like that. They just stick with, there's a creator out there. Yes. But they just teach flat earth every single podcast. I think that we need to concentrate on the creator, you know, concentrate on God, not the created so much, you know, we don't want to worship the flat earth. We just want to show people the scriptures of what it is, and lead people to Christ like you're doing on your show, you know?
0: Well, that's, and I hear it a lot, like, they'll get into flat earth, and then they'll get into the Nephilim, and they believe the Nephilim, they believe that, like, they're evil, demonic, and they're leading people astray, but then they don't bring up Jesus, and I'm like, how do you believe the bad end, but you don't believe the good end? I don't, it just, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me.
1: I don't get it either. And, and they're scared to say that there's a God They They only say there's a creator. Like constantly I hear that. And I'm not putting anybody down. That's a flat earther. I'm just saying that there's a, there's a sect of people that I've had on my show and that are out there that, you know, all power to them. They're, there's, they're exposing lies and they're doing, they are doing truther stuff, but they just don't get the full hundred percent truth, you know, which is on their nightstand, the Bible. They just, I don't know. They're just, I, I, I totally agree with that. They, they'll bring up the Nephilim and they'll bring up, all that stuff bro it's like anyways yeah so well and they are doing a good job like i said but hopefully we just got to pray for them and and have them you know that they get led to the 100 percent truth you know there's a lot of rabbit holes um and, and they're probably they're just they believe in, in in a creator but not in god yet so we just got to pray that that happens so um all right so first off what i like to go through before we get into the uh the, the biblical portion is i like to show you guys what science says and then we can compare it to what the bible says so uh so hold on give me one sec give me one i'm gonna is this gonna be on video or only on uh on, on spotify so far um do you do spotify I, video
0: i haven't started it yet i, I okay. was gonna set up a area soon but it, either way is fine
1: okay uh well because if i'm gonna if i would just grab the the so-called cgi earth and just kind of show it like that but it's all it's all good it don't matter all right so the earth is at a uh supposedly at a 23.4 degree axis and it's spinning at a thousand miles an hour so um that part most people would be like all right a thousand miles an hour it's it's massive they, they kind of believe that part but even some people that believe in the globe when i tell them that they tell us that we're rotating i ask them how fast are we rotating around the sun most of them have no idea because when we were taught this stuff, we we didn't comprehend these kind of numbers. But so it's rotating around the sun at sixty six thousand six hundred miles an hour, or orbiting the sun. Sorry, so that's an interesting number. Obviously, as a Christian, we know that number six six six. That's in there. So we got to understand that the fastest bullet travels at twenty six hundred feet per second, or eighteen hundred miles an hour. So the fastest bullet recorded ever that we have shot is eighteen hundred miles an hour. So. We're basically traveling orbiting the sun at 30 times faster than a bullet, if this is true. So we gotta understand that. That is something we cannot even conceive, right? And um, it's kind of crazy because when I was a kid, I would ride the the you know, I'd ride the bus with my dad, and I, and I if I stand up and he's going like 30 miles an hour, you know, and he makes a turn, then I, obviously I'm gonna fall over, right? Um <laughs> There was the rides at uh at the at the fair where like it's it's called it was called thriller at the time. I don't know what it's called now, but it spins in a circle and it you stick against the wall, right? Yeah. So gravity is not like attract us to the center, it's pushing us against the wall if it, there was gravity. Um and the, and also if there's an earthquake like in Rialto and I'm over here in uh I'm sorry, earthquake in Riverside, I'm over here in Rialto, I'm gonna feel the earthquake. So when the earth moves, I feel it, right? But they're trying to say we don't feel anything, and the speed is not like constant either it does change a little bit and also we're we're turning and then also what we're doing this is something that people don't understand is we're chasing the sun at five hundred twenty five thousand miles an hour as well so it's not like we're just you know it's not a constant speed of just you know of, of going in a straight line which i can maybe understand it's not feeling but i would think we would still feel it but it's orbiting so it's moving in a, in a way where you should definitely feel that type of uh moving because there's no firmament in their model you know there's no firmament where it's just blocking all that pressure that we'd feel or all that right so there's that i
0: actually i actually use that to show my daughter she's seven and her her mom don't believe i'm not with her no more but i showed her at the carnival. like i'm like look that's only going 60 miles an hour and you get stuck on the side and we're supposed to go in a thousand i'm like does that make sense And even like when you see people go up in a plane, they're going, you know, a small, I don't know, let's say Mach 1 or whatever, their whole face drops. Yes. And that's not even close to what we're allegedly
1: spinning at. And they're passing out, right? (laughs) Some of them are passing out, they're like, boom, they're out. So, yes, exactly. So that's like Mach 10 that they they say we're going, you know? So we got to understand that that is like, you know, that's just stuff that we can't conceive. And that's I see a lot of that with the uh, with the heliocentric model. Right. So uh, another thing they say is that the moon is orbiting us at, at 22,000 or 2288 miles per hour, which is um, faster than a bullet. Right. So and if you go outside, what do we see it we see that the earth is fixed and movable. The moon is moving, the sun is moving, and if the moon doesn't seem to be moving, you know, 2,200 miles an hour, I don't know how fast it's moving, but very interesting that they would say that. And also, if you think about how hard it would be to land on that moon that's moving at 2,200 miles an hour, we or orbiting, you know, at 66,600 miles an hour, do you really think that an astronaut, knowing all these numbers and also chasing the sun at, at 525,000 miles an hour, you know, half a million miles an hour, do you think that an astronaut's really going to just exit our orbit and go into the moon's orbit and have no problem with it? That sounds insane to me. And to land it on the first try is also insane to me. This is not a moon landing episode. It's a totally different one, but just think about that and keep that in mind.
0: With a computer from the 70s. Yes, you know exactly.
1: What I mean? Yeah. With it's the computer absurd. from the 70s. And the graphics are even worse right now. I just saw a moon landing the other day from uh, from India and yeah. bro, that was like terrible Atari graphics. That was the worst thing I've ever seen. And I, I'm sorry, India, if anybody's from India, I'm not trying to put down your country or anything like that. They're just, they're, our country too is doing the same stuff man. it's all foolery. And I'm, I'm, you know, it's just now that God is on our side and, and we have the truth are on us. Like, it's very hard to deceive us, not saying we're any better than anybody else, but it's hard to deceive us now because God has, has, has taken the veil off our eyes. And now we see it for what it is, and it, and it, to me, it looks like, um, it looks like a parody when I see the these type of land moon landings and all this stuff. It's a parody to me, like it's a joke. I can't believe that they would even pass that as as a as a, a moon landing. It's crazy. Um, and I'm not saying that the moon can't be landed on. I don't know. I know that it's in the firmament, so I don't know what what the moon is. But as we go through the Bible, I kind of tell you what I you know what I believe it is. Um, so we also have another thing that I think is insane is the closest star. It's called Alpha Centauri. It's 4.4 light years away. Some people might be like, okay, that sounds good. 4.4 light years. What is a light year? So one light year is 6 trillion miles away. So that means you have to take 4.4 times it by, you know, 6 trillion, and it comes out to 24 trillion miles away. So that's the closest star. So to go outside and be able to see these stars with your with your naked eye, to me that's that's crazy there's a, a inverse uh, square law of light that i don't i don't believe we'd be able to see that star it, it would have to be like so much bigger than the sun cuz the sun's 93 million miles away so it it gets crazy but that's the closest star but there's some stars that are like uh 1 million light years away you know so i mean that's that's numbers i, I don't even my calculator can't even calculate it's nuts um so i think that's pretty crazy um how far is the closest galaxy okay so the closest galaxy is 2.5 million light years away so you'd have to take 2.5 million and times it by six trillion and that'll tell you how how close the closest galaxy is away so i think that is insane and um so i would ask a christian that's listening you know think about this how far is heaven then right as i go through these verses if you think about it, so if we're on this, uh, we're on the earth, you know, just orbiting and we're just a speck of dust, right? In a space vacuum. And um, God says he put the moon, sun, and the stars in the firmament, which I'll be going over soon. And then, you know, so if we're on the earth and it's also an ever-expanding universe. So if God put all these moons, suns, and stars and these supposed galaxies inside the firmament, and let's say the a Christian says that we'll take the, the, the firmament verse literal and there's a firmament outside of all of these galaxies – but it says it's ever expanding. And it says in the Bible that God's throne is above the firmament. So that means that God would be moving further and further and further and further away from us. Uh, Does that make any sense to me? Not at all. Plus he'd be trillions upon trillions upon trillions upon trillions of miles away from us. And he'd keep on moving further. I don't believe that that's true. So we'll see as we go through it. Um, Do you have any questions so far on anything I've gone over scientifically?
0: No, I I agree with what you're saying. And I I think, that really is part of the great deception. They want people to believe that God is getting further and further. But yeah. the truth is, he's right up there. I tell my daughter all the time, he can see us. We look like grasshoppers to him, it says in Amen. the Bible. He's right there looking down on us. He He sees everything. Um, we're, we're not just this thing. We came out of the ocean and you know, through millions of years turned into humans. No, we're special. We're here for a reason. He know every hair on our head is counted down to the last one. We're loved. He loves us. And we man, are special.
1: I, I 100% agree with that. Yeah, that's, that's exactly how I feel too. So, all right. So, and, and that's what science is doing. They're, they're moving us further and further and further away from God, you know? So there's that. And then uh, what, so I'm going to go through like a scientific Trinity that they have, uh, one of them is uh, the first one is the Big Bang Theory uh, came from like a Jesuit priest. So as a conspiracy theorist, that should right away give you a a red flag when we hear Jesuit, when we hear Freemason, we know like, hey, are you going to take uh, this is actually a Jesuit priest. So some people would be like, oh, he's a priest. So we're good. But he says roughly 13.8 billion years ago, uh, it was like the size of a pen. And it exploded into, and and then all the particles and stuff came together, right, because of gravity, right? The, the lowercase g, God for them. So what it is is, uh, when I was in the military, I never ever saw a an explosion cause construction. Uh, I always saw it cause destruction. I had to watch so many videos of explosions because they don't want that. What you know is that if the explosion could see you, then then you're going to be able to hit shrapnel. So I was watching explosion videos and everything explodes. I never seen anything come back together. Like if a library explodes, it doesn't come back together. The books come back together. You know, if I saw stuff like that in, in, in our reality, then I would probably say, hey, maybe the Big Bang Theory maybe could be true if i saw something massive explode like the world trade center and then all of a sudden it just came back because of gravity then that makes me that makes more sense to me but they're saying that it exploded and everything came together you know and 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 they need all these billions upon billions of years because they need evolution to be true right so that's why they create this uh nonsense theories um the next uh part of the scientific journey would be evolution um that's another one so uh that's that's why they need those uh, trillions upon trillions of are billions upon billions of years, right? So um, evolution. We have Charles Darwin. His grandfather was the one that actually came up with the theory of evolution. He's a 33 degree mason. His uh, that that grandfather's son was a preacher, so he didn't come with it. But his grandson uh, Charles Darwin actually took that that theory of evolution and he brought it to the mainstream, right? So he took it, tried to uh, refine it, and then you know sold it to the public, and the public bought it. Uh, even though at the time a lot of the the Christians were were having problems with, with evolution, the scientific field, you know, bought it and then they they just went with that, you know, and uh I know maybe some things I, I would say on a a, mi- a minor level evolve, like let's say, like if you have a mutation in 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 like DNA, I think the same species, maybe you know, sometimes that's obviously happening, you know, but as far as a species turning into another species, which would be macroevolution, I, I think you would probably agree. We're not seeing that type of stuff. Even in the fossil records, we're not seeing, uh, you know, a fish turn into a wolf or a, or a a tree turn into a a person. You know, we're not seeing anything like that, especially right now. We're not seeing that. So um, I think that, you know, as they're studying all this stuff and, and also the fossil records, you know, if you have a flood, uh, like the Bible says, it's going to. You know, it's obviously gonna mix stuff up in, in a certain way that with the where the evolutionists or the paleontologists and all that, they're not they're not looking at there there being a, a worldwide flood, they're just acting like there wasn't, and everything's just put in these levels. So study that. It's another thing that's putting a lot of people away from God for sure. You know, the Bible says that everything comes after its kind in Genesis, but go ahead, bro.
0: Well, I'm not I'm not trying to put this guy down, but Rogan loves to you know, show monkeys using sticks and saying, "Look, that they're they're evolving. They're they're in the um, the Stone Age where we were." And it's just it cracks me up. He he loves showing monkeys using sticks, like yeah, and and comparing it to evolution. And I'm just like, bro, it, it's just using a stick. Like, yeah, they they have pretty big brains, but they'll never be us. You know, yeah. they'll never turn into humans. It's not happening.
1: Yes, and uh, you'll see why he's so popular. You know because it's uh, the, the way he's—he's—he's he's, 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 you no know, doesn't have God in his show whatsoever. Uh, once in a while, he will have like Jordan Peterson on or have somebody, and uh, you know you, you're not seeing him talk about God. But does he a great podcaster? Yes. Does he have great ideas? Yes. Uh, does he is he cool in the scene? Yeah. And he's a UFC announcer, cool. But yeah, we'll have to pray for him. Uh, it'd be amazing if he if he had a conversion, you know, and actually saw the the truth. Um, it's hard when you get a hundred fifty million dollars from Spotify uh, for you to start talking about Jesus. You know that's gonna be a tough thing for him. Yep. But, uh, to, to But uh, the next one in the in the Trinity scientific Trinity is gonna be the heliocentric globe. Uh, sorry, the heliocentric model. It's not the heliocentric globe. Heliocentric model. And the person that came up with that in the beginning was Copernicus. Uh, they have a Freemason lodge named after him at CHP 246. Uh, they say he's a known occultist. As far as locking him into uh being a, a, a Freemason, it was kind of it's tough for me to find out 100 percent I had Gary Wayne on my show. He said he was definitely a Freemason. Uh him having a lodge named after him. I'm I'm sure he was a Freemason. Uh, but he's another one that that was a priest, a Catholic priest. Uh, and on his deathbed, that's when they released the Copernicus model, our heliocentric model. He was uh trying to hold back on it because um a lot of the people at the time like John Calvin, um, all these people were saying that, um, and then, uh, dang, I forgot the other guy's name, but all of them were saying that this is coming straight from Satan. It's satanic, you know, that to have the sun enthroned in the middle and, and the way his writings are like uh, Copernicus, it says in the middle of all sits, the sun enthroned in the most beautiful temple. Could we have placed this luminary in any better position in which he can illuminate the whole at once. He is rightly called the lamp, the mind, the ruler of the universe, Hermes, uh, just as you go through his writings, it says he, he call him the all seeing. Uh, the sun sits upon the royal throne. OK, this is the type of uh, speaking of um, and it says the earth has the moon at her service. Uh, speaking of the of the earth being like a hurt, speaking of the, the sun being like a he. They do do that in the Bible. Doesn't doesn't call the earth a her, but that d- does say he in the Bible. But as you kind of see, his writings are talking about the sun kind of being like a God, right? And as you go into all these different um religions, you're gonna see like uh the sun god, uh, you know, uh Mithra's, uh Roman, you know, Saturn, Mars, all these different they're, they're worshiping the skies. It talks about not doing that, you know, in the Bible. Don't worship the skies, you know. So that was that's what was happening. And I believe he was trying to turn the sun into a god. Like we need the we need the sun so that we can have life. We need the sun so that we can have light, you know. So they want to change the sun into the S uh un instead of son you know basically even back exactly. yeah so um and then isaac newton also a known, known occultist uh as well uh he did write some stuff for the for the uh christian community so people like that are christian will be like no he was christian but uh the truth was that yeah, he was actually an occultist so look into that um and you know I it, it gets really interesting so now, now that we're we're at the point where we're gonna kind of bring up the Bible section of it, so that's the scientific part. Um, if you guys want to just study that, just to find out exactly what the what the scientists are saying, um, then you know, kind of look into that, and and then you guys will. It'll you can almost disprove it just by studying that, you know, because now that you have discernment, you're Christian, and you see that some of the stuff is insane. Uh, you'll, you'll see that it's, it's crazy man how how they're trying to pull this uh the wool over our eyes. Any questions on anything I've gone over so far bro?
0: no you, you you're doing a great job
1: okay let's uh, all right let's do this. so now we now, now that we're going to go over the Bible let's understand that Jesus said this okay this is in John 545 through 47 uh, he says do you think that I shall accuse you to the Father there is one who accuses you Moses in whom you trust. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? So Jesus is saying to believe Moses's writings. So what are what are part of Moses's writings would be the five books of the Torah, Genesis uh, through Deuteronomy, uh, uh, Leviticus, all, all these different parts of the Bible, right? The, the five first books, the Torah, okay? So let's think about this, okay? So if he's saying that, then let's make sure that when i read genesis that he's saying to believe the words of moses right jesus is saying that uh you know we're christians so what is jesus to us most of us that jesus is god right so if you believe in the trinity if you don't believe in the trinity no matter what who's an important figure in christianity christ right jesus so let's understand that all right so let's imagine that moses uh you know, he's, 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 uh, he's on Mount Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights, right? It talks about that. And he's speaking to God, right? So God is able to, this is in the Bible, right? So God is able to speak to him. So he gave him like the law. He gave him all these, you know, Genesis, we got to understand when, when Genesis is written, Moses was not alive during Genesis. So what does this have to be? This has to be a firsthand account from God, because even the stuff about Abraham, even the stuff about Joseph, like, how would Moses know that type of stuff? Uh, he's not just going to be writing it. God has to tell him this to write it, right? When God talks about creating the earth to Moses, this is a firsthand account from God. And and like I said, God had a blank canvas; he could say whatever he wanted to say to them. So, um, so let's start out with um, let's start out with Genesis. So, day one, it says, "In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth." Heavens would be uh, Shemaim, so that's plural. Uh, and then the earth would be like land. Okay, so earth in Hebrew means land, it doesn't mean like earth. So when you're thinking about earth, you're thinking that He created the heavens and the earth. You're going to think of probably this big globe, but think about it. It says the heavens and the earth. And then it says the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So uh, this is where I believe personally. I don't believe in the gap theory. I just believe what what God did is He created the sky where the moon, sun, and the stars would be, and and the and the heavens, which would be where His throne is located. Right, that's day one. And then the earth that He, that he they said He created. I think He created the foundations. So if you look at the flat Earth model, the foundations would be the bottom where the dirt is, and also Shield is in the in, in the earth. So I think he created Sheol and the abyss that he blocks the angels in. He created all that, I believe, uh, in, in the beginning. So it's not heavens and the globe. What it means is the sky, heaven where his throne is located, and the land, the foundations of the earth. The reason why I believe this is because angels were clapping when God made the laid the foundations of the earth. And foundations is is spoken upon plenty of times in the bible right so this is what i believe i'm not saying you have to believe that but that's what i believe god did so that's the first day day two god created the firmament he separated the waters from the waters and he also called the firmament heaven and the firmament in the bible is is uh i'll go over the firmament i have a whole section on it but once we go over that section just understand the firmament right it's it's firm right it's hard it's uh it's solid it's molten glass it's uh it's beaten out. It's like a bowl, right? So that would be the firmament. Another word you could use is dome. And in the old, old Catholic Bible, long time ago, they used dome. That's the word they use for firmament. Rakia. Uh In the yeah. Greek, it's stereoma. So he separated the waters from the waters. So if I always had to separate waters, if there was waters on the outside and I had this plastic, that's what separates the water from the waters. You need something hard, right? Solid. And there's waters up in heaven. Understand that. So that's the, that's day two. And he called the firmament heaven. So that's the second heaven. The first heaven is where the sky, where the moon, sun, and the stars are located. The third heaven would be, would be where God's throne is located above the firmament. Right? So just letting you guys know that. Now, day three, God created the oceans, the dry land, plants, and vegetation. So that means on day three, the continents were formed. The seas were formed. And also uh, the plants and vegetation. So that came before the sun. Very interesting. Now, everything is laid out right now. Uh, God has it laid out. And now he places the moon, sun, and the stars on day four in the firmament. So in the firmament, right? So right now I'm standing in the room. So those moon, sun, and the stars are in the firmament. So understand that. So what was the earth rotating around You know, in the heliocentric model on day three? you know, if the sun was not even created yet. Now, if you go to science, what they tell you is that the stars were created first 13.6 billion years ago. And then, uh, then the, they said that the moon was created after that, or the moon could have been created after the earth was, was formed. But what they say is that the stars were formed, uh, the sun 4.6 billion years ago, then 4.5 billion years ago, the earth was formed is what they say. Okay. So even in the heliocentric model, the way that everything was created is is different than what the Bible says because the Bible says that the earth, the sky, the firmament was formed first and then and then the moon sun and the stars were formed right That's when and God says the stars also as if they're nothing and he separates a star from a sun uh, in the scientific they also try to tell you that the sun is a star and the star is a star right? so god separates those two need to understand that so that's something that you can ask somebody that's a heliocentrist uh theistic evolutionist whatever they are and they're still a christian what if was the sun rotating around on day three they'll probably tell you well god could do whatever you know but it doesn't sound like he made it the way that they said you know so uh, another thing they say you want any questions so far i'll let you comment no you i was like. gonna
0: say um <clears throat> Yeah, because when my friend Dave, the co-host, when he talked talking about Flat Earth, from all the programming, I couldn't wrap my mind around it. But then I started, you know, listening to your podcast, listening to uh, Flat Earth Files with George Hobbs. So I started coming around, and he's like, come look at this GoPro video. And he showed me the GoPro, and then it hits the firmament, stops moving 75 miles up, and it kind of tilts sideways. And you can see the moon and the sun. They're right They're right there, you know, they're not millions of miles away. And that's when I had my spiritual awakening because it it was so obvious. And it was like, boom, it hit me so hard. Like I went outside, I couldn't breathe. I was like, oh, you know, it blew my mind. And then that's when I had the experience with God. So, yeah, no, it all lines
1: up. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Once you and like I said, once you see, it's like it's hard for them to pull the wool over your eyes after that. So. Uh, so like I said, so I believe that the earth is, 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 is fixed and immovable. Like the Bible says, here's a couple of verses that back that up. It says that, um, first Chronicles 16, uh, 30, it says he has fixed the earth firm and immovable Psalms 93. One that was fixed the earth, immovable and firm Psalms 96, 10. He has fixed the earth firm and immovable uh, Psalms 104, five that was fixed the earth on its foundation. So it cannot be shaken. Isaiah 45, 18 who made the earth and fastened it himself and fixed it fast um Isaiah 48:13 mine has also laid the foundation of the earth and my right hand has spanned the heavens that I called unto them they stand together so i believe the the earth is fixed and immovable right and um it's interesting when i get into genesis um what he, what god says about the firmament and everything and how he placed everything so here's another interesting thing i know you've probably studied the flat earth so you know about uh certain things that that uh you know like the antarctica being on the outside uh the waters like the oceans needs uh, a containment right so uh it's interesting that the way god explains this in proverbs 8 27 through 29 it says when he established the heavens i was there uh it says wisdom is in quotations when he drew a circle upon the face of the earth when he made firm the skies above firm meaning hard solid right um And when the fountains and springs of the deep became fixed and strong, when he set the sea its boundaries so that the waters would not transgress, his command when he marked out the foundations of the earth. So the seas have a boundary. What are the boundaries of the sea? Uh, For us, uh, it's Antarctica, right? And I'm not 100% that this model is true either. I'm just saying that this is what they have came up with. Uh, there's a Mercator map where the Antarctica is on the outside there's flat Earth maps where Antarctica is on the outside so I do believe that God did set the seas its boundary its boundary would be uh Antarctica right and that's what we see when they when you when they go up to the Antarctica there's a there's a giant ice wall uh and and uh, and it's it's just really interesting the way that that verse is laid out and it actually matches up with what uh we're seeing with Flat Earth maps and 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 certain things like that right so very interesting. Um, Another thing that, you know, as I went through verses uh, one through as I went through uh, day one through four that matches up, it says that uh, the moon and the sun are moving in the Bible. Right. So we have Joshua 10 verses 12 through 13. Then spoke Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, son, stand still upon Gibeon and thou moon in the valley of Ajan. And the sun stood still and the moon stayed until the people had avenged uh, themselves upon their enemies. Is it not written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven has not go down about a whole day. When it says go down in the Hebrew, that means go away from. And if it's come hence, that means it's come forth. That means it's coming towards them, right? So uh, when it says go down, people would be like, well, it's going down, right? But it actually means to go away from in the Hebrew. Uh, I learned that from um, Rob Skiba Actually, was going over that very interesting, man. So, but also in the Book of Jasher, it does talk about the sun standing still. The Book of Jasher is um, extra biblical text, so it talks about that. And then um, there's also they want to they want to have two witnesses in the Bible. Uh, well. Habakkuk 3.11 also says that the sun and moon stood still in their habitation at the light of thine arrows and thy wind and at the shining of thy glittering spear. So we have Habakkuk 3.11, the sun and moon stood still in their habitation. Very interesting. So he's, they're talking about the sun and the moon moving and God stopping them for 24 hours or however long it took them to avenge their enemies. Let me see. It says It says about a whole day and it's stopping in two geographical locations. I thought that was interesting as well. So in in our model, the earth is still and the moon and the sun are moving. So right here, the Bible is saying that the moon and the sun were moving. There's also another verse that talks about the sun moving back 10 degrees backwards. It's uh, Isaiah 38, 7 through 8. And this is the sign to you from the Lord. And the Lord will do this thing which he has spoken. Behold, I will bring the shadow of the sundial, which has gone down with the sun on the sundial of Ahaz, 10 degrees backwards so you could say go away from what the sun on the sundials if it has 10 degrees backwards so the sun returned 10 degrees on the dial which it had not and gone down or gone away from right very interesting so we have three three there that we're talking about the sun moving there's a fourth one that i'll go over in a little bit but i have to i kind of bring up a uh, tombstone of where the national director, nasa directs it before i go over that section but there's three four verses in here that talk about the moon and sun moving that i have there's t- there's actually more of them that I don't have written down, but I like to go over those uh, three. Um, and another thing that I think is very interesting is that it says that the moon is a light and the sun is a light. No, it's, it's talking about two great lights. Uh, so I think they're they're separate, it, it seems to say. So um, that also goes against science. Right. So this is Genesis one verses 14 through 19. It says, and God said, let there be lights. In the firmament of heaven to divide the day from the night and, them from, uh, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. And God set them in the firmament of heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good And the fourth day uh, and the evening and morning were the fourth day. So it says that there's two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. Uh, in the scientific model, the sun is reflecting off of the moon and the moon is providing us light. That's the way they say it happens. And sometimes in the day. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it does look like maybe maybe the sun is shining off of it. You know, I mean, I just see certain certain ways. But, so, dude, you if you take a picture of this of the moon, bro, it's so bright, dude, it looks like a bright light. Sometimes you see that uh there's clouds that are lit around the moon only, not like the whole uh sky is lit. So, it you know, there's there's it looks to me like the moon is a light. Is it landable? I don't know. Is it plasma? I have no idea. I don't know about all that stuff. I just try to go with what the Bible says. It says that the moon is its own light. Very interesting. And also it says that God placed the moon, sun, and the stars in the firmament. So there would have to be the firmament and and those moon and stars are inside of it and they are moving. Right. And we are fixed and immovable. That's what we have so far. Um, Here's a few verses that talk about the moon being its own light. And then, have you heard about that experiment too, bro? Where they, where they, they, they test the the shade of the moon as opposed to the light from the moon, and the light from the moon is actually colder than the shade of the moon, which is opposite yeah. of what the sun is.
0: Yeah, I've seen that. That's cool. It proves it proves what the Bible says.
1: Yeah, that's part of it. Yeah, because giving her light, her light is colder, right? So it's really interesting. So we have that. Um, Ezekiel thirty-two seven. And when I shall, th- this one is talking about the moon being her light. It says, um, Ezekiel 327 says, And when I shall put thee out, I will cover the heaven and make the stars thereof dark. I will cover the sun with the cloud, and the moon shall not give her light. Um, there's tons of verses that, that I could go over where it talks about the moon having a light, right? So it's, it's really interesting. Next up, I want to discuss the firmament, right? This is This is something that in the flat earth community, uh, it's getting, some people believe in the biblical firmament. Some people believe that it's like, if it's, it is flat. Some people believe that it's just, uh, it's not like a solid dome that it's, uh, some kind of, you know, whatever different kind of material, some kind of water only, uh, there's really interesting, um, thoughts on the firmament. We obviously, we don't know hundred percent cause we can't go up there. So, but keep in mind that the moon, sun of the stars are in the firmament. Um, I kind of talked about earlier. Firmament means rakia in the Hebrew. And then in the Greek, it's stereoma. And if you talk to someone and, you know, what does stereoma mean? It's going to mean solid, right? In the Greek or in the Hebrew, uh, it means beaten out, uh, molten glass, uh, solid, uh, you know, firmament, right? There is a uh something that someone says that is it expands, right? That's what they try to use in different versions, you know, expanse, which would be which would kind of go with the heliocentric model. But firm, you know, firmament, why would they use firmament, right? Why would they even use that when they when they translated the Bible? Because it's supposed to be firm. Um, and also above it, he separated the waters from the waters. So above the firmament, you're gonna have waters, and then above that would be God's throne. And it and it talks about it being like a crystalline uh like glass you know uh, and then god's throne and, and it talks about like rainbows it talks about like um uh jasper sapphire all these different things in heaven you know so it's going to be beautiful and amazing but we got to understand that uh and also in revelation it talks about hearing uh roaring sounds of thunder in heaven and roaring sounds of water because there's water you know so got to understand there's water below b- below god's throne it's really interesting I'm not saying in heaven it's going to be filled with just water, but there's water, you know, uh, above the firmament. So there's water there. Right. Um, one of the theories on the firmament that someone that, uh, you know, I, I think does a great job of breaking down biology and, and evolution uh, as far as like going against evolution with the Bible is Ken Hoven. And his theory was that the firmament was a, that that God speaking of here in Genesis was just a solid piece of ice. Uh, Canopy that's around the globe. And um, what he said is when the flood happened, then the water came down on the earth and and the ice melted. And uh, that's why the people live longer because the sun wasn't able to penetrate through this supposed ice. But what he forgot to read is that God put the moon, sun, and the stars in the firmament. So that piece of ice would have to be outside of the galaxy or outside of, you know, it, it, outside where the moon, sun, and the stars are inside of it. So there would have to be two firmaments for that to be true. And obviously there's not because the Bible in Genesis one eight or 1.6 says, and God said, let there be a firmament, only one firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament, right? So, and they also called the firmament heaven. So, is he saying that one of the, the heavens melted? Uh, if that was true, then uh when they talk about when Paul talks about going to the third heaven, then that wouldn't make any sense, right? So we gotta understand that. Also, another thing we need to understand is that uh when when, when God is speaking, it, it seems like like we were talking about the earth is made for us. So it says, um, let them be for let the lights in the let, let them be for for signs for seasons for days and years and let them be for lights in the firmament of heaven to give light upon the earth. So the stars are made for lights upon the earth. The moon is made for lights upon the earth. The sun is made for lights upon the earth. So in our model, there the the earth is is a lot bigger because it's it's instead of it being a globe, it's actually you know it's flat. With, with ridges and mountains, yes. But, and then this, and then the, the firmament would be uh, connecting to the earth, right? And then the moon, sun, and the stars are in the firmament. So God made the earth for us, right? And He made the moon, sun, and the stars to light up the earth, not to light up galaxies and, and, and different planets and all this different stuff. Uh, you know, it doesn't sound like that. The way that this language is, is that God made the earth special for us. We need to understand that, right? So, any anybody- questions? Well, believe- I believe like
0: in the Bible, it talks about when God flooded the earth, it says that it opened like a scroll, you know, and if you picture a scroll, it's like flat and it's rolled up. So he rolled it up and then that's how he flooded the earth.
1: Yeah. Um. So the part where he says it opened like a scroll is in revelation. He's talking about when Jesus comes, he's going to open the, the heavens like a scroll, oh, So yeah. that one, but it's okay. But he does talk about opening the windows of heaven with the flood. And then and then the waters came in from heaven. And also it talks about it raining for 40 days and 40 nights. And it talks about the waters coming from the great deeps and the springs. So there's three different events there that happen. If you go to church, they're going to tell you that it rained for 40 days and 40 nights and it flooded the earth. That doesn't make sense on the globe, but on the flat earth, it talks about the moon, sun of the stars being in the firmament. It talks about the uh the, the windows of heaven opening, which would be the firmament. The firmament is called heaven. I even just talked about it right here in Genesis 1-6. So the the windows of heaven open. And if it's a dome, right? uh, Think of it like a fishbowl. All he has to do is just fill up the waters above uh, uh, Mount Everest. That's the highest point of earth, supposedly. I don't know what it is. but uh, So the waters just have to fill up above the Antarctica and above Mount Everest. And all of the earth would be flooded in this contained zone. But if you talk about the earth being rotating all this stuff and it raining for 40 days and 40 nights, that doesn't make sense, dude, at all. You know? And if, and if the, if the, also if there was ice around the earth with the heliocentric model, like Ken Hopeland's talking about, they said if the ice melted, it it would cause massive destruction. I don't, I don't know exactly what the uh what that would be like. I'm not science minded as much as some people, but it just doesn't make sense. So we got to understand that as Christians. Okay. And um, there's also another verse, Isaiah 55, 8. It says, my thoughts are not like yours. Yours are not like mine. Just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than yours. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So uh, earth and then heaven, right? So they're just talking about, you know, it's it's a little, it's higher than the earth. But um, there's verses that are in the Bible where it's talking about like God's throne being above the firmament, right? So I have to go over that. Um, Another thing we got to understand is, uh, our our body is it turns into spirit, right? So, when when we die, uh, Paul says, "Absent from the body, present with the Lord." Right. So, when we die, our spirit is able to travel through the firmament and go to heaven, or it's able to travel into the earth and go to Sheol or hell. Right. So, angels are going to come get you, like like in uh, in one of the the stories that Jesus was telling was about Lazarus and the rich man it talks about them dying and angels coming to grab them and taking them where they're supposed to go immediately. Right. So we need to understand that, but our body right Mm -hmm. now is solid. We can't travel through the firmament and go to heaven. We can't, there's, there's no way to do that. But when you turn to spirit, you're able to go through the firmament and go to heaven. Right. So that kind of makes sense. It's, it's interesting. Um, and, uh, also, that says when Jesus came back and he resurrected, he was able to walk through the wall. He didn't have to walk through the door and open the door. He was able to walk through the wall. So you know he, you, you could go through the firmament, right? And he he ascended to heaven, right? Up to heaven. He went through the firmament, right? So uh we have that. And why do you think the tower of Babel was was so important? You know what, what was the what was the deal with that? Um God didn't what they wanted to do is they wanted to build the tower of, of ba- Babel up to heaven. And they wanted to kill God. Like they, they hated God because they say he killed the, their ancestors, the Nephilim, and, and they wanted to kill God. They wanted to go to heaven also and try to get with angels again and create Nephilim as well. So there's a lot of stuff there. But, you know, the Tower of Babel, you know, that's a bunch of uh mystery religions trying to get to heaven, right? So God obviously changed the the, um, the languages and made it so that they were babble right they couldn't speak so that's like babylon right but understand how are they gonna have if he's not gonna let them go to heaven how is he gonna let some freemason you know three freemasons uh hop onto a, a rocket and fly to the moon you know he ain't gonna he allow that either so that stuff's not happening you know so uh another thing we have is job 37 through 18 uh this is talking about the firmament it says hast thou him spread out the sky, which is strong as molten looking glass. So it's talking about the sky being strong as molten looking glass, right? The firmament. And uh, also I thought it was, this was interesting in, in, Isaiah 14, 13 through 15. It says, for have you said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. He's talking about Satan. These are like the five. I wills. Satan says, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the Mount congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will sit, excuse me, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. And then uh, it says, yet you shall be brought down to shield to the lowest depths of the pit. So that's giving you an an idea that God's throne is above the stars, right? Because it says, I will ascend above the stars of God. I will also sit on the Mount congregation, the farthest sides of the north. Now what we have in the in the flat earth is in the north pole which we're not allowed to to visit and the south pole we're not allowed to visit by ourselves. So in the north some people believe that God's throne which if you if there was a dome it would make sense that God's throne would be in the middle in the north, right? And that uh, that's why I think sometimes people say they see aurora borealis some people say that that might be uh from God's throne. Who knows? That's just kind of speculation, but uh it gets interesting but uh, he says that he will as, as exalt his throne above the stars of God. So you know hmm. that God's throne is above the firmament. Uh, Am- Amos 9.6 is another one. It says, the one who builds his upper chambers. This is the NASB 2020 version. I don't really read that version, but the way that they, uh, the way that they interpreted this was interesting. It says, the one who builds his upper chambers in the heavens it says, and has founded his vaulted dome over the earth. He who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out on the face of the earth. The Lord is his name. Just the way that they talk about that. He built his upper chambers in the heavens and, and he has founded his vaulted dome over the earth. Very interesting the way that they uh, interpreted that verse. So there would be the dome and then he's walking the chambers of heaven, which is above the watchers, right? And his throne is above that. Um, there's another one here that kind of puts down the, the whole Ken Ken Hoven theory. It's Psalms 148 verses 1 through 4. It talks about there still being waters above the heavens. This is even after the flood. You know, David speaking here. Um, this is after the flood. It says, Praise ye the Lord, praise ye the Lord from the heavens, praise him in the uh the heavens. I'm sorry, this is the Psalms of this is Psalms. I'm sorry. Um, praise ye the Lord, praise ye the Lord from the heavens, praise him in the heights, praise him. Uh, all his angels praise him all his hosts praise him sun and moon praise him all ye stars of light praise him ye the heavens of heavens and the waters that be above the heavens right so he's talking about waters still being in the above the heavens so ken hoven that theory would go out the window if you read this verse because the waters would no longer be above the heavens if there was a ice sheet and water above that and it just melted and during the flood right so any any questions about anything i've gone over so far bro
0: no, it's spot on. And even though I've heard you give it, you know, here every time I hear it, it's like, you know, it's still like I get sighted, blows my mind. Yeah, man, you're killing it. I appreciate it.
1: You... No problem. This is yeah. So if, since you've heard it, this is kind of for your audience to understand and, and and definitely go back and read these verses. I like to tell you what verse we're going through so you can go and read it in different forms. and And, you know, if you King James version is most of these verses that I'm going over. So uh, we have Ezekiel 10, 1. It says, then I looked and behold, in the firmament that was above the head of the cherubims, there appeared over them as a, as a sapphire stone, as the appearance of likeness of a throne. So it's talking about Ezekiel is talking about looking up, seeing the cherubim. And then above that, above the firmament, it says that um, as the appearance of likeness of a throne. So. That's saying Ezekiel believed that God's throne was above the firmament. And Ezekiel was able to talk to God. He was a prophet from God. So we should probably take his words and and, and, and listen to that, right? Um, another one is, is Ezekiel one twenty six. This one says, above the firmament that was over their heads was the likeness of a throne as the appearance of a sapphire stone. And upon the likeness of the throne was the likeness of an appearance of a man above upon it. So he's talking about the throne, the, the throne being above the firmament in this verse as well. Um, so, and it also talks about Sapphire stone. Sapphire could come in any color, but red, which is kind of interesting because everybody acquires, you know, they, they, they put red to the devil, right? But Sapphire could be any color, but red. So it could have been blue. It could have been uh green. We don't know what they're talking about here, but green would kind of make sense with the, the whole, the North, uh, Aurora Borealis lights or whatever. Um, we have that. And then, uh, Another one is another one is Ezekiel eight, three. He says he stretched out the form of a hand and took me by a lock of my hair and the spirit lifted me up between the earth and heaven and brought me in the visions of God to Jerusalem, to the door of the North gate of the inner court, which was seat of the image of jealousy was, which provokes to jealousy. So he's talking about like grabbing a lock of his hair, bring him up to where the earth and heaven, right? So it's between earth and heaven. So you kind of see there that, um, that you know there's there's a correlation between earth and heaven it's not like he was brought up you know trillions upon trillions upon trillions of miles away no it just it sounds like heaven is is local it's close you know a lot closer than what they're trying to tell us um another one we have is psalms 150 verses 1 through 2 praise ye the lord praise god in his sanctuary praise him in the firmament of his power praise him for his mighty acts praise him according to his excellent greatness so praise ye the lord praise god in his sanctuary and Praise him in the firmament of his power. So the sanctuary is above the firmament. That's Dave or uh, David talking again right there. Um when I talk to you about the crystalline uh you know glass, it says in Revelation 4, 6, which you give a get a view into heaven. Revelation 4-6, it says, before the throne there was a sea of glass, like under crystal, and in the midst of the throne, and round about the throne there were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. So um what I say is. Everybody calls God the most high. Why do they call him the most high? Well, because he's at the highest point of creation. If his throne is above the firmament and the moon, sun and the stars and everything is in the firmament, then God's throne is, he is actually literally the most high. That's why they call him that. Isaiah calls him that. Um, There's angels in the Bible. that call him the highest, you know, he's actually the highest point of creation. Everything is built below him. Right? So I think that's interesting. Um, So, any any questions on the firmament or anything that I've gone over so far?
0: No, it's it's spot on though. Like you said, like it, it, you know, seeing it now with clear eyes, like it just makes perfect sense. Like he is the Most High; he's the top of creation. <laughs> you know, it just it <laughs> makes perfect sense now. You
1: know, of why they call him that. You know, so and then yep. so uh, have you heard of Operation Fishbowl? If you've heard this presentation, you probably have. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right, so Operation Fishbowl, uh, the original name is Dominique Chama. It's uh, Operation Fishbowl was a series of high-altitude nuclear tests in 1962 that was carried out by the United States as a part of a larger uh, Operation Dominique Chama. And if you look up what – um, uh, so basically nuclear weapons are, are shot into the air. Uh, some of them was called like the Thor missile. So think about that. They're trying to shoot Thor into the sky and break the, the what is called Dominique – It means belonging to the Lord and then Chama means fixed shell. So if you think about it, they're trying to take Thor missile and they're trying to break the fixed shell belonging to the Lord, which is, which is the firmament. So I believe that that, that's what they were trying to do back then, trying to blow up the firmament, trying to blow a hole in the firmament. And there was different. um, There was like, uh, there was like Russia, America, all these different countries all involved in doing this, trying to break the fixed shell belonging to the Lord, but it doesn't work. So if you guys want to look those up, you'll be able to see that that was in 1962. That's close to when, when all this stuff was happening, like um Admiral Byrd 1959 going to for um Operation Deep Freeze and uh Operation High Jump going to Antarctica, him coming back saying that he found extra land as big as the United States with resources uh beyond Antarctica. That was kind of interesting. Uh, that happened in 1962, Operation Fishbowl, So now they know that there's a dome. So now they're trying to break the dome, do whatever they can to break through it. I thought that was interesting. And then NASA comes, all this propaganda that we're going to be able to go to the moon, going to be able to go to Mars. And then in 1969, supposedly the moon landing happening. And that, that like solidified for a lot of people that, that were a globe and solidified that space is what they say it is instead of being what the Bible says it is so understand that that section of time was when it just everybody got so indoctrinated by that moon landing it was insane and and that as we know now a lot of people are waking up to that 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 was just all uh yeah Admiral Byrd
0: when he started you know talking about this stuff you know then he shortly after he ends up dead yep and the Antarctic treaty comes.
1: Yeah, and his you know, brother was a big be- part of the Antarctic Treaty. His brother's a senator. Admiral Bird is also a Freemason. His senator uh, brother was also a Freemason. So his brother was the one that took the Antarctic Treaty, brought it in, and he was pushing for it, pushing for it. Obviously, you know, I think that they found out that there was a dome, or they found out there was extra land that they don't want people to know about, right? So, I, and on the globe, it doesn't make sense if there's extra land, ab- you know, beyond Antarctica, that because they're not that doesn't make sense to us but on uh you know on a flat earth then it, it, would, it would make more sense you know so i thought that was yep. interesting uh another thing so back then when all that stuff was happening we also have um you know warner von braun uh a nazi scientist that came over from um operation uh paperclip we got to understand that that is uh you know Nazi scientists, he's brought over what, what America did with Operation Paperclip is they, they took all these people and they put them in high places. What Russia did is they took these scientists, they brought them to Russia, figured out what they knew. They they knew that they, they were like, hey, we already know most of the stuff. They sent them back to Germany. And then America went and grabbed those scientists, too. So America took all these scientists, whether they were bad, good, doesn't matter. We took them. We put him in like, you know, North Grumman, all these different, you know, as CEOs. And 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 also they took like uh, Warner Von Braun, who was a rocket scientist, and they put him into, he, they put him as the director of NASA or like the higher up of NASA. So, and they used the, in uh, I thought it was interesting because Warner Von Braun, um, when he passed away, they said that he had a conversion in 1966, very interesting number, but uh, <laughs> or when he was, I'm sorry, when he was 66 years old. Uh, he he ended up converting to Christ is what they said, and on his tombstone he left us like a breadcrumb I think for us to kind of go into the Bible and understand that that it's different than what they were saying it was. Um, so Psalms 19.1 is what was on his tombstone. This is the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament show with this handiwork. That is right there is a great statement. Like wow that that question is kind of what science says, and also it's crazy that he said that, that the firmament show with this handiwork. But if you keep continue reading. I think it's a breadcrumb for you to go to this verse and continue reading. It's even more interesting. So Psalms 19, one through 6, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, the night unto uttereth sheweth knowledge. There is no speech, nor language, nor voice that is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world and whom hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoiceth the strong man to run a race. He is going forth as from the end of the earth, or, or from the end of heaven, and his circuit under the ends of it, and thereof hid from nothing there, the heat thereof. So what he's saying is that the sun goes in like a circuit, which like if you run a race, you start at one point, you end at another. So he's talking about the sun moving. Around the earth, it's talking about it being in a in a in a tabernacle, which I thought was interesting. So this whole verse is talking about the sun moving and not the earth. So I just think maybe he left the breadcrumb for us to kind of start reading into that, you know?
0: Yeah. No, it makes perfect sense. You know, his whole life work was rockets and stuff, and then he puts that. And to me, you know, being growing up on the streets, he he's he's leading you. you no, know, he's trying to show, like, listen, this is the truth.
1: Yeah yeah and it's interesting so i think that uh he also said that going to the moon would be impossible uh if if the two hundred thirty four thousand miles away uh he said you that you would need way too much fuel it'd be way too heavy and that's impossible for you guys to go to the moon and then what do you see them doing a fake moon landing so it's really interesting uh so another thing i thought was interesting remember i was talking about the three heavens um so one is where the moon, sun, and the stars are located. The second heaven would be the firmament. The third heaven would be where God's throne is located. So Paul talks about going up to the third heaven. Um. So 2 Corinthians 12, verses 2 through 4. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth. Such an one caught up to the third heaven, and I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth. He was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Now, don't you think that if Paul was caught up to the third heaven and he got caught up through the globe earth and through the space, through uh, and he saw all these galaxies and everything moving, and they and just got caught up to the third heaven way far from the earth, I think that he would probably mention to us, not like I, there's, there, I heard unspeakable words, it's unlawful for man to utter, but you probably tell us. That I, I saw this galaxy, I saw this. You know, it would probably be such a he'd probably write a whole book of the Bible on, on what he went through to travel to the heaven if it was what they say it is. But no, it just sounds like he got caught up to the third heaven. If if this is going to be on video at all, if this was like flat, right? And there's a dome, uh, up is one way and down is one way. But if you are a rotating earth, uh, we don't even know which way is up. We know which way is down, it'd be like in the earth. But which way is up? We don't know. But the language in the Bible is caught up into paradise. Um, If you look at where Ezekiel, I'm sorry, um, Enoch in the Bible in Genesis, he got caught up to heaven. Um, Also, uh, you know, any time that Jesus, when he goes, he goes up to heaven. Elijah, he got caught up to heaven because heaven is up. When you were a kid, I don't know, where did you think heaven was located when you were a kid before you got indoctrinated by science? You think that heaven is up. Where do you think hell was located before you got indoctrinated by science? Down in the earth, right? And it's really crazy because the Bible, that's the language that the Bible uses. And that's what you naturally thought, uh, you know, when you learned about the Bible as a kid, that heaven is up. God is up there. You could see him. Uh, You know, when they talked about him riding in on a cloud, that was no problem for you when you were a kid. Now that you're indoctrinated, you, you just wouldn't even believe it. So very interesting. Uh, so there's caught up to heaven. So heaven is up. Hell is down. We know that from the language in the Bible, right? So, and then another thing I thought was interesting was when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, it says that there was a voice from heaven, which was above. So Matthew three sixteen. 17 it says, and Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straight away out of the water, and lo, the heavens were open unto him, and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove, and lightning upon him, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So the voice was local, you know. Uh the, the voice was not from trillions upon trillions upon trillions upon trillions of miles away. When when God was speaking, God the Father sent his Holy Spirit down to Jesus who was on the earth. They heard a voice from heaven, right? And uh, it was a close, local voice. Another time was 2 Peter one seventeen, for when he received the honor and glory from God the Father and the voice was born to him by the majestic glory. This is my beloved son, who I am well pleased. He, they heard the voice from heaven. God was speaking. He's not trillions upon trillions upon trillions of miles away. So the reason why I know that as well is because of what you were going over earlier. I think you said you tell, you talked to your daughter. You told them that, God is looking down on us like grasshoppers right so yeah. uh, the, the what where we got that from is uh Isaiah 40 22. and this is the verse that a lot of people that believe in the globe or the sphere uh or the oblique spheroid whatever you or the pear, whatever you want to call the earth because they cut all these different names for it uh Isaiah 40 21. Uh, 22 it says have you not known have you not heard has it not been told to you from the beginning have you not understood the from the foundations of the earth it is he speaking of god who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in first of all the the back then the tents were a dome second of all he stretches out the heavens like a curtain so the firmament is stretched out right um and it, it talks about the inhabitants he's looking down as like the circle of the earth if you look what the hat at the if you took the flat earth and, he, and you look at what it looks like it, it is actually a circle right and if the if god is above the firmament he's looking down at us like grasshoppers it makes perfect sense that he's looking at us uh he sits upon the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers he can see all of us like grasshoppers he's omnipresent he can see all of us. Uh, it's really interesting. And it says that he stretches out the firmament like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. When I was in the army, a tent was only placed on a flat surface. I never placed the tent on a ball and then slept on it all night. doesn't work. The tent is placed on a flat surface. The the, the dome is placed on a flat surface. That's just the way it is. And, and it, it really works out well when you think about it. Also, when he talks about the circle, that word is not sphere in in the in the Hebrew or the Greek. They use the word circle, right? It's not um, a globe. It's not a ball. Uh, the reason why I know that is because in I he, the author clearly knows the difference between a ball and a circle. Because in Isaiah twenty two eighteen, he says he will surely violently turn and toss thee like a ball into a large country, and thou shalt die. And there's, and there the chariots of thy glory shall be the same as thy Lord's house. So God's looking at us like grasshoppers. It's talking about a ball in in Isaiah 22, 18, Not a you know, not a circle. So he knows the difference. So he would probably use the word ball in Hebrew for for globe, not use the word circle, right? So thought that was very interesting. Um any questions on any of that stuff, bro?
0: No. It was it was good.
1: <laughs> so we had that uh we're almost done here. We got probably another maybe like 10 minutes, but revelation 1 7 through 8 uh it says uh behold he cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him speaking of jesus and they also which p- pierced him and all kinders the earth shall wail because of him uh even so amen i'm am the alpha omega the beginning and the ending saith the lord which is which is was and which has come in the almighty so every eye will see him so if you're looking at a, a globe A fourth of them would see Jesus coming, you know. And I don't even know how he's going to come on a cloud with all these, you know, rotations and all this crazy orbiting. It's going to be hard for him to land. Can you imagine him on a cloud trying to land on on the, you know, on the (laughs) earth with all that stuff happening? But no, if it's fixed and immovable, and God opens up the heavens like a scroll, and Jesus comes in, boom, we're we're, that's an easy way. And every eye will see because the earth is uh, flat, fixed, immovable. Uh, You know, it's very interesting. So we have that. Uh, Earlier, we did talk about uh, God, the heavens departing as a scroll. That's Revelation 6, 13 through 15. It says, and the stars of heaven fell onto the earth. And as a fig tree cast her untimely figs, she has shaken uh, a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it's rolled together. And every mountain and island were moved out of their places. So think about this. So um, the heaven departed like a scroll. So if God opens up the firmament like a scroll... Uh, you see Jesus come in. It makes perfect sense. Every eye will see him. Uh, also, it talks about the stars of heaven fell to the earth. Does the stars make sense if you're in a heliocentric globe and the stars are bigger than the sun? Uh, all those stars falling to the earth would make no sense at all. But if they are luminescence lights and there's a and they're in the firmament and they all fell to the earth, very interesting. Another way you could take that is, you know, in the book of Enoch, it talks about the stars being angels. I don't know. And it talks about them moving in, uh, you know, it. basically they're in judgment and they have to move a certain way in the sky. I don't know. It's I don't know, man. The Bible doesn't talk about the stars being literal angels, but it does talk about angels being stars. You know what I mean? You see it in the, yep. in the Bible. So I don't know, man. I don't know if that's the way they worded it or if the stars are angels. Who knows? But it talks about them falling to the earth. So, if the stars fell in the heliocentric model, we have way more stuff to worry about than the Antichrist and the Mark of the Beast. Because if the stars have fallen to the earth in the heliocentric model, bro, that's going to just, those things are hot and they are massive. So, you guys got to think about that. So, Maybe <laughs> be nothing left. yeah, nothing left whatsoever, you know. So, the way Jesus talks, uh, you know, he, he speaks about it too. Jesus is not allowed to sin, right? So, Jesus talks about the stars falling to the earth. And the moon giving off her light in Mark 13, 24 through 25. Jesus cannot sin, so Jesus cannot lie. Jesus is the way, the truth, the light. And right here he says, But in those days after that tribulation, the sun shall be darkened, the moon shall not give her light, and the sons of heaven shall are the stars of heaven shall fall, and the powers are uh, are in heaven shall be shaken. So he's talking about the stars falling from heaven. I thought the closest star was four point four light years away. What happened to all of that, dude? What happened to the st- the sun and the star being the same? Jesus doesn't say that all the suns are gonna fall. Doesn't say all the all the, or doesn't talk about the sun being a star. It's separate right there. And also, he talks about the stars falling from heaven, which does not make sense in the heliocentric model. or in the in the uh, doesn't make sense, you know, in 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 our model. So, um, so we have that. We already talked about. So good news is we already talked about the flood. So that's, that's, that's a little section I usually go over, but we kind of went over that already. Um, so, and, and this, this whole thing would work, you know, I mean, so we breathe in oxygen, we breathe out carbon dioxide The the trees breathe in carbon dioxide, breathe out oxygen. So that's perfect. We have the water cycle, all this stuff could work in a closed system. Um, it's, it's, it would all work. It's, it's fine. It does. It's not like, you know, what do we see? We see like, um, what is that called? Like, uh. Uh, you know, when we we grow plants, we put them in a, a dome. Like a terrarium
0: or something. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It, it would all work, man. It would all work. So I think I think it's it's very interesting. Uh, God, I mean, the devil, he knows that. Uh, you know, the faith of a mustard seed can move mountains. So he just wants to take away your faith. So we got to understand when I'm going through all this stuff that what the Bible is saying is, that, you know, we we let God be truth and every man a liar. Understand that that's that's uh that's one of the verses I didn't get to go over in the beginning, but. God be truth and every man a liar. So when men are trying to teach you, especially men that have only been on the earth for 60 years, some scientists acting like he knows more than God, God would smack these people down. I'm not saying that he he would smack them literally, but he would smack them down like he did to Job, where he was like, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? When I bind Pallades, when I created the stars, the moon, where were you? You know, you were not even thought of, you know? So when you're a scientist trying to go against God, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God. And, I'm trying to teach all this stuff. You got to understand where were you when God created the heavens and the earth? You were not even thought of. You were nothing. You were just, you weren't even in swimming in your dad's, you know, you weren't semen yet. So when you're trying to act like, you know, more than God and that, you know, you guys got to understand that God would tell you, where were you when I created the foundation, laid the foundations of the earth? Where were you when I created the firmament? Where were you? You know, it's, it's like, it just baffles me that people think that they can outsmart God. Uh, so That's pretty much my whole thing in a nutshell, besides in the end when I like to go over this part. This part's interesting. But before I start, do you have any questions on anything I went over so far?
0: No, I was going to say, you know, just like when I think about God's creation, it really like I just I'm in awe, like even at the human body, like the nervous system, you know, your vasculist, like everything is so like it's mind boggling, you know, God's his creation truly is magnificent. You know, it, it blows my mind.
1: Yes. And, and actually in the Bible, this is the interesting part. It says in first Colossians uh, 15 through 18, it's talking about, uh, he who is the image of the invisible God, uh, it's talking about Jesus. Everything was created by him through him and for him. Right. So God used the word, which it talks about in the, you know, uh, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God. So, God spoke the word, which you mean use Jesus to create, you know, it's, it gets really interesting, man. And it says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. So we're actually made in the image of Jesus, right? So we got to understand that. So, uh, and Jesus is the word. So God spoke things into existence and that's the way it was. So I think that, and, and like you said, man, just looking into the intricate details of the human anatomy is, is it will blow you away. DNA, you know, languages, like if, if if I told you that word, the English language come from, oh, it just came out of nowhere. No, you would you would you would say, oh, that came from uh, creation. Someone had to create that language. Someone created Spanish. Someone created English. Right. So think about it. What happened? What about the DNA information, which is like language that's way more intricate than anything we know in this entire uh, realm? You know, of, of, you know, the DNA information, where to come from, there had to be a creator of it. So, yeah, it gets like you said, man very intricate so we have uh this is interesting second thessalonians 2 11 it says and for this cause god shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie right so there's strong delusion uh jesus says do not be deceived uh, a lot of times in the bible we need to understand not to be deceived but i thought that was interesting that uh it says god shall send them strong delusion Maybe the strong delusion is like they say, they say the aliens and all that crazy stuff. Well, maybe it's the heliocentric model. Maybe it is the big bang. Maybe it is evolution. Maybe he's sending all this stuff to test your faith, to see if you believe the word of God or you believe man, who knows, man, God could have sent that that strong delusion. Uh, I think it gets interesting, but let's go over the, how everything uh, in the heliocentric model kind of connects to 666. Uh, We have a, Every one mile is eight inches squared. That's a curvature calculator. And if you take uh eight divided by 12, it's 0.66 of a foot. So one mile is 0.66 of a foot. 10 miles is 6.66 of a foot or 66.6 of a foot. And if you go a hundred miles, it's 6,666. Of, uh, and then also you have... um. The sun rotating orbiting the the, su- or the earth or, or, or orbiting the sun at 66,600 miles an hour. We have 66 there. We have the earth's circumference in nautical miles is 600 times 6 times 6. So we have that. Um, the earth is uh, at a 23.4 axis. So that's if you subtract it from 90 degrees, that's 66.6. 6. Isaac Newton came up with the theory of gravity. He started writing it in 1666. Uh, the speed of sound is equal to 666 knots. The diameter of the moon is 6 times 6 times 60, which is 2160. Uh, we have the distance of the moon is 6 times 6 uh, times 666. Uh, the the Antarctic, Antarctic, Antarctic celestial sphere is at 66.6 degrees north latitude, 66.6 degrees south latitude. And then the surface of Uranus, not my anus, is negative 6 times 6 times 6 degrees. So we got six, 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 and there's actually more. I just don't go over all of them because you know, just for time constraint, I usually like to keep this to like about an hour and twenty minutes, hour and thirty minutes. Um, yeah. So that all those sixes involved in the heliocentric model, they're just putting it right in front of our face of who is in charge of that model compared to who you know who we worship. You know, Um, hundred percent. Yeah, I like to end it with this. This is what I like to end it with: Genesis two verses one through four. Um. It says, thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God entered his work, which he had done. And he had rested on the seventh day from all his works, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because uh, he rested from his work, which God had created and made. Okay, so it said, this is the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created in that day. in, in the day that the Lord God had made the earth in the heavens. So it says, this is the history of the heavens and the earth. This is the way God made it. God told Moses this is the way I made it. So that's the history of how everything was created. Also, it talks about the heavens and the earth were finished, right? So he's done. He already created it. He's good. Now understand this, that in Revelation, God talks about making a new heaven and a new earth. So why would God have to create a new earth or new heaven Uh all he would have to create is a new earth. The reason why he creates both is because they're connected. The heaven and the earth are connected by a firmament, and God's throne is above that. So that's why he has to create a new heaven and a new earth. And it talks about God's heaven coming down to earth, and God walking amongst, amongst us in, in in Revelation. If you read it, the very end, Revelation like 22, read it. Why does God have to create a new heaven and a new earth if the earth is re- orbiting the sun and the moon, sun, and the stars are here and the firmament is way trillions upon trillions of miles away? All he would have to create is a new earth, not a new heaven as well, right? Think about that. So, and also it's finished. So God is done. There's not like, you know, people say, "Oh, there's new stars being formed every day. There's this, there's this. It's like God is done. He said it is finished. So just understand that he rested on the seventh day and it's finished. So. That's my whole um, presentation, man. My whole presentation in a nutshell. I
0: loved it, man. It was great. I appreciate it, brother.
1: Well, thank you, man, for having me on the show. Make sure you guys give them a five-star review on Apple and on Spotify. And then when you create a YouTube, you know, subscribe to the YouTube and all that stuff. And and uh, that way, you know, you get your show rolling.
0: Yep. Thank you very much. And thanks, everybody, for joining us. We're glad you guys came. Thanks, Josh
1: no problem brother thank you guys so much for listening Uh, my podcast is Josh Monday Christian and Conspiracy Podcast if you want to look it up on YouTube it's Josh Monday Music and Podcast and thank you guys so much and God bless you